Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one. We will be spoiling the current episode we are discussing and previous episodes that we've covered, but we will be spoiler-free of details from future episodes. Turning into just a giant fucking snake on graduation day, I'm Jason. (laughs) And forming a child army to kill our mayor, I'm Harrison. (laughs) Oh, Jason, tell me, what episode are we watching today? Harrison, we are watching Season 3, Episode 22, the season finale of Season 3, Graduation Day Part 2. We finally made it. This is the one where Mayor Wilkins decides to just eat everybody and... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Angel decides to eat Buffy, and and vampires decide to eat Harmony. Wow. I'm sorry, man. It's the season finale, and I'm giddy. (laughs) (laughs) There there is quite a bit of eating, uh, including uh, Harry Groner with the scenery in that hospital scene. (laughs) In the best way. I do mean that as a fucking compliment. Chew Uh, that scenery. Graduation Day Part 2 was written and directed by Joss Whedon and originally aired on July 13th, 1999, four days before my seventh birthday. Um, Aww. So, uh, as we've men- we mentioned in our Earshot episode, and I brought up last week, this episode was delayed uh, due to um, concerns over... Uh, violence in schools after the Columbine shooting. Um, But what I learned today, actually, that I didn't know was that the decision to delay this episode was not made until two hours before it was originally supposed to air on May 25th, I think, of 1999. Um, And instead, they aired uh, a rerun of Band Candy, and um hell yeah so um but can you imagine like tuning in for the season finale of buffy you know after that cliffhanger last week just to find band candy which great fucking episode but (laughs) um and then having to wait almost two full months to to get the conclusion to this uh spectacular season and spectacular finale i couldn't have done it I could barely stand to wait the couple days between uh, when we recorded our part one episode and our part two episode. And I've seen it before. Also, like, I can only imagine how impatient uh, seven-year-old Harrison was with everything. Um, all right, so before we get into everything, I do want to give a, uh, a shout out to our, uh, friend of the pod, Ben Gearhart, who, um, uh, he told us on the first episode that he guested it on, which was Inga Mummy Girl, um, and I can't remember if he'd mentioned it in his, uh, previous guest appearance, but, um, he, when he watched the show, he watched the first three seasons, uh, as they aired, 
and forgive me, Ben, and correct me if I'm getting any of these details wrong, but he, when this episode aired, he thought this was the end. Uh, which is fair. It, feel, yeah. it does feel like the, a pretty finite ending. Yeah. It could work as These one. details are correct. <laughs> and uh, didn't realize that there were going to be more seasons and just didn't watch the show again until an, as his, uh, he became an adult. And I love that story so much. I, I just think it's <laughs> so precious. Uh, so uh, thank you, Ben, for sharing that story. I was thinking of you while watching this episode. <laughs> so Jason, tell me what you're drinking. Uh, I have had a very lazy day, so I just poured another, um, West 6 Oktoberfest, which I've Wonderful. had already, uh, already fairly closely to, um, to when we recorded this episode, so. Nice. Whatever, it's beer, it's got alcohol in it. Yep. Um. Ergo, it is booze. I am drinking a bourbon ginger, um, because that was the only option that I had in my home. Um, but that's yeah. okay because bourbon gingers are very good. Um, who's whose toast is it this week? Is it is it your toast? I don't know, is man. It my toast. Uh, it's mine. You know I did the I did the prom, and I remember doing that. So it's it's my turn. Okay. Well, I was like, well, I've got a I've got a toast ready if we need it. But uh, um, oh, fuck it! If you've got a toast ready, by all means, sir. Okay, uh, we're going to get a little serious here for a minute, but we are actually recording this on uh, September 11th, 2020, Mm -hmm. and um, 2020 has obviously been an extremely rough year for many people, um, and it gets kind of hard to, like, you know, think about what's going on, about anything other than what's going on right now, but uh, I think it is important to uh, remember September 11th. with its 19th anniversary of the terrorist attacks today and um Mm -hmm. yeah basically uh anybody who um who lost somebody um that day and uh also like most importantly the people who fought to save people's lives that day so Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah thank you jason that was lovely cheers yeah i'm glad you did that because Whatever I would have said would have been some bullshit, and that was, uh, that was quite. Well, lovely. we've got plenty of time for bullshit. Um, <laughs> we, do. but yeah, um, and yeah, like, and we have done this entire season of Booze and Buffy, um, in our homes, uh, not mm-hmm. sitting across from each other. So, um, yeah. yeah, just uh, we hope you guys are all staying safe and doing well because it's been a crazy year and uh yeah we hope that like we were able to bring a little bit of joy into your life a little bit of joy that's all we want to bring uh is a little bit of joy a lot of gay a lot of a lot of gay stuff that's that's really what i want to bring i was gonna say we should probably save some of this for for next week's episode for our season review but i don't know just in the sentimental mood now it's graduation day can you fucking believe that we are here at the end of season three like it's insane to me. Yeah, and I think it actually became easier for us to record because uh, we didn't have to like make a trip over. Well, I didn't have to make a trip over to your place, so it <laughs> yeah, became a lot true. more convenient. So I think we were able to blast through season three uh, recording for the most part. A little, yeah. I am. I, I do wonder. Uh, 
once uh, we're out of pandemica land, if we ever are, um, how, how much of remote recording might leak over into that because uh, it does make it a little more convenient in some ways. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I do love being in your wonderful presence. So. Uh, same Z's. Oh. Um, so, Speaking uh, of wonderful presents, uh, Faith yeah. just got that one that the mayor gave her right in the gut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Segway. Um, she. This shot's really cool. I love how they do this. Uh, Buffy's basically just looking at where Faith fell, and then after a moment, kind of composes herself and climbs down the fire escape. Right as the mayor enters through Faith's apartment. Um, yeah, um, I, I like how uh, Joss Whedon gets a little creative with his uh, camera work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm There's one that. later that's really well done but yeah um he is clearly upset that faith uh might be in danger mm-hmm. um and uh yeah they're like uh there's a tracking shot a little bit of the mayor walking around the apartment mm-hmm. and uh he's like basically trying to reassure himself that faith's all right at the same time screaming at the uh vampires to find her and buffy yeah yeah, this is the this is only the second time I think that we've heard him like really raise his voice. Um, the first time was after the box of Gavrock was had been stolen. Um, so I, yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna like go ahead and say like I've I've said it before, but when uh when somebody who's really chill raises their voice, like that is mm-hmm. <laughs> that gets your attention, that hits you to the core. Yeah. Yeah, it does. We we get to uh, the library, and um, there's... Xander comes in, gives... He's got coffee, which he gives to Giles, and he refers to it as... What does he say? It's like lighter fluid or something? Yeah. Um, and Giles, Giles is like, thank you. And Xander's like, thought you people like tea. And Giles is like, tea <laughs> is soothing. Much? Well, yeah, Giles is like, tea is soothing, and I wish to be tense. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I don't drink coffee. True, though. I don't like coffee, but I I do agree that tea, that tea is usually soothing. That's actually what I drink if I'm ever, like, really agitated and need to, like, calm myself. I'll go for a yeah. mug of tea. So. Coffee, yeah, I, I don't know if, like, I don't. I don't have the uh, absolute requirement for caffeine that a lot of people I know do to the point where they drink coffee like four or five times a day every day. But I, um, but I do like working night shift. I do need like a little bit of pep in my step every now and again. So, uh, (laughs) and yeah, drinking coffee, it like, it, it definitely, it definitely gives me like more alert but also like makes me a just very minutely shaky so it's like <laughs> all right i mean it, i'm pretty sure if i had like multiple cups of coffee i'd be like oh my god i have to i can't stop working or i'll explode <laughs> so i'm not gonna name any names but uh i one time uh was talking with a mutual friend of ours jason uh and I noticed their hands were shaking really bad. And I was like, what's wrong? And they were like, oh, I haven't had any coffee in a while. And I was like, that's a problem. 
that's a <laughs> that's called a withdrawal symptom and, um, <laughs> and you should really think about your your intake um I am honestly though I am grateful that I don't like coffee because I do think that if I if I did like coffee I would be one of those people who like like drinks it all the fucking time that's um, how I feel about soft drinks like I can't drink soft drinks Right. And I feel that, like, if I had been able to drink soft drinks for the span of my life that I've lived through, then um, <laughs> I'd probably be, one, I'd probably be a little, I'd probably be a lot heavier than I am, and I'd probably have, like, an unhealthy dependence on them. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Um, so... Uh, there, Xander and Giles are researching Olvikon, this demon the mayor is going to transform into, trying to find any information they can find on how to defeat it. Um, they're not coming up with a lot of good, uh, good, good answers. And Cordelia comes in and she, um, she reveals that she's been talking to Wesley and Wesley's really upset and she's demanding an explanation. Actually, she walks in and says, I demand an explanation and Xander says, for what? And she goes, for Wesley. And Xander's like, um... Inbreeding. Inbreeding? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> and... <laughs> this is a oh, really man. funny bit. But the show uh, zags instead of zigging. And I really like it. Because it actually takes what Cordelia's feeling here. Uh, after this initial joke and kind of Xander's dismissal of it. Um pretty seriously and actually asks us to um empathize with cordelia which i think we do but also to empathize a little bit with wesley too which is maybe a little more difficult for uh for some <laughs> audience members at this point um but i and giles explains to cordelia what happened um and uh, but she's, and Cordelia's pretty pissed about it. Uh, she says, that Buffy, always thinking about herself. Um, but she still agrees to help, uh, help them do the research. Um, which is, this is my, this is like the, you know, the development of Cordelia as we've gotten here. This is not, this is the sweet spot I really love my Cordelia in of like, snarky, like, you know, always got those comebacks, always ready, but with just the touch of vulnerability and the desire to help others. Um, which, yeah, it's the perfect recipe for Cordelia Chase. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, perhaps I'll have more to say about that in the future. We'll see. Oh, I know you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I think our mutual... Um, our our dis our mutual discovery over our uh, love of, loves of Buffy and uh, its related media, a lot of it revolves around Cordelia. Believe it really it or not. does. Yeah, it really does. Because I I think it was. And I'm going to be as vague as possible. Um, I think when we met, I was in the middle of a of a of a, a future arc um that involved cordelia really significantly and i was i and i was just like oh my god i need to talk about this um, <laughs> and you were like the the only person i knew at the time because uh, i hadn't corrupted like grace yet or anything um, <laughs> who, who i could talk to about it um so thank you for that you're welcome 
Uh, we go to the mansion where Willow is watching over Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is just, like, he's sweaty, shirtless. But um, mm-hmm. no, this isn't a good thing because he's he's sick. Counterpoint. Um, and, uh, and maybe I'm, maybe this is like a Munchausen's by proxy thing, but... I kind of like that he's sick. Like, you need to nurse him back to hell. You do like like the nursing of the wounds and stuff like that. Yes, sexy wounds. (laughs) Like, like, seriously, you must have, like, a rager during the entirety of the English patient. (laughs) You know, I've never seen the English patient, but... It's all right. It's Rachel Weiss, right? Um, I don't know. Like all who I remember from is Ray Fiennes. Okay, I think that I think it's Rachel Weisz as the female lead, and I, I adore her. Um, so it, it's it's definitely one of those movies I need to see. But um, but yeah, yeah, I I probably would. I'd probably be like, ooh, yeah, take care of him. Whole movie uh- of this. <laughs> yes, it's a long movie too. Um, um, oh no, it's yeah. not, uh, not Rachel Weiss. It's, uh, Juliette Binoche. So. Okay. Um. I, just, I like her, though. Uh, but yeah, so, Angel is basically saying, I love you. He's kissing Willow's hand. He's and Willow's like, leave. Yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, and Willow's <laughs> like, oh, you mean Buffy. It's Willow. And, and Angel's like, Willow? Oh. And... <laughs> and Will gets up. This leads to like the secret genius line of the of the episode that you can almost barely hear. But Willow's like, uh, Willow goes up to Oz and he's like, "Oh, he's in bad shape. He thought I was Buffy." And Oz says, "You too." <laughs> you too. It's so funny. Oh my god, I would pay so much money for that to have actually instead of this Willow scene to to be able to have gotten the. Angel mistakes Oz for Buffy scene. We just need I to get uh, so David Boreanaz and Seth Green to do this scene together. I would All be right. so into it. I oh my god! You don't even need to just just take the Willow Angel scene and just do like play it verbatim, shot for <laughs> shot, exactly the way that it goes with Willow. I would have fucking loved that. Um, but yeah, um, and Willow makes a comment how this is like, even with everything going on, it's still the best day of her life, referring mm-hmm. to uh, the bumping of uglies that occurred mm-hmm. earlier. Yes. Um, and uh, Willow and Oz start kissing, and then uh, Buffy walks in, and uh, if you guys remember, don't remember from last week, uh, the reason that she went after Faith was because the poison that is infecting Angel can only be cured by drinking the blood of the Slayer. And uh, since Faith uh, can't be... Since she can't get Faith now, (laughs) she tells Willow and Oz to go away and um, goes up to Angel, who is, at this point, ready to die. And uh, But then she's like, no, drink me. And uh, and he's like, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. And he, like, tries to get away from her. But then she just like starts punching him in the face, and uh, yeah. with the third punch, then his vampire face uh, shows up, and she basically forces him uh, onto her throat, and he. This and this leads to a very. 
very strange scene. Um, mm-hmm. Oh man, like I don't even know how to describe what's going on in this scene. It's I mean, like it's I, I don't know. If, I, extremely I'm a, erotically. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it's obviously like this kind of stand-in for this is the most intimate thing that Buffy and Angel can do without Angel mm-hmm. losing his soul. So yeah, but yeah, it's it, it's weird. I I honestly don't know if I'm into it. Uh, um, yeah, I have I have some thoughts about it. Um, but it's, I'm gonna have to keep them to myself because they do involve some spoilers. Um, but I do think that this moment, this, this scene between Angel and Buffy, uh, informs a lot of her actions later in the series. Um, I think it's extremely formative in a way. Um, but... Yeah, it's definitely played of this juxtaposition between this the um the violence uh and the sexuality, which is pretty st- I mean honestly, pretty standard vampire stuff. I mean, that's yeah. where the genre like evolved from. Um and Rice. I was <laughs> going to say and Rice, like but even before, like even just going back to Dracula, um you know, it's Bram Stoker got in a lot of trouble for like the sexual undertones of the book. Um, uh, the movie, uh, if you've never seen it, a great vampire movie from the seventies called Daughters of Darkness, which is basically about lesbian vampires. Um, yeah, it's just all the vampires by their nature. Um, it's you know all the sharing of fluids. It's you know it's extremely intimate. It's all about the sexuality. Um, and yeah it's weird like it's it, it, yeah it, it it seems like a rather drastic uh drastic depiction to show on buffy yes. especially in the midst of everything else that's going on mm-hmm. um but uh that's not the weirdest thing that happens in this episode uh so <laughs> hang on to your hats boost and buffy listeners because we got a lot um angel does like he drinks so much of Buffy that she loses consciousness, but he is cured, so he rushes her to the hospital. And um, mm-hmm. he takes her into... Uh, he basically just kind of, like, takes her into an empty room, and um, the doctor starts asking, like, oh, what happens? Like, oh, she was bitten by an animal. Um, and uh, and the doctor's, like, saying, I get all right, you got to be honest with me. Are you two, are you two doing stuff? Like, were you two taking anything? And he's mm-hmm. like, no, she's clean. And he's very upset so much that he like knocks the damn doorknob off of the, mm-hmm. or the door handle off of the door. Um, and so then he, uh, he leaves after asking where the phone is and gets on the phone to uh, call the Scoobies and let them know what's up. This, then leads to a very cool uh, pan shot that re- the phone is right outside the room of where Faith is. Because, yep. hey, guess what? Faith survived her fall. And uh, the mayor is there very concerned. Um, yeah. It's not looking good for Faith. Uh, she has um, brain injury, uh, many like fractured bones. Um, and uh, this... He's very, very upset with everything. He then overhears that uh, somebody comes and tells Faith's doctor that, oh, we have another we have another young woman in here. 
She's here for a massive blood loss. And this, and Mayor Wilkins just like hears that and then slowly walks around and sees Buffy uh, in her hotel, hotel, hospital hotel. bed. <laughs> you know, Sunnydale Memorial Hotel. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a hospital. It's so comfortable. It's basically a hotel. Um, but yeah, he sees her, grabs her face. And, like, starts just, like, kind of shaking it to the side. And for some reason, when I think... So, there are two scenes that I remember from this episode, from the first time I saw it. Mm -hmm. It's this scene, and it's a later scene. And I honestly will never, ever forget the scene of the mayor just in plain view of all the doctors and everything, just grabbing Buffy's face. And, uh... Yeah, like, trying to, like, smother her. It's terrifying. It's fucking yeah, terrifying. It um, is. And luckily Angel has gone done with his phone call and like rips the mayor off mm-hmm. of him and off of Buffy, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I uh, want to give then... a shout out to the nurse uh who like tries to stop the mayor. Like she never stood a chance. Yeah, like but what do you do when best. you call <laughs> Yeah, what do you do like when you call security on like Holy crap, the mayor's attacking, like, a young woman. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, normally you have to be president to do that. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Sorry. <laughs> um, don't be mad at me. Be mad at him. I am. <laughs> Constantly. But yeah, and so the mayor is, like, vicious in this. And, yeah, he says, like, oh, if she survives, like... I'll make sure that you all die, like, you and, like, your whore. And yeah. I don't remember the exact Ooh. words, but I do remember him calling Buffy a whore. And Angel just, like, launches the mayor across the room into, like, a fucking window. And mm-hmm. all the doctors are like, holy fuck, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a day at Sunnydale Memorial. Um... Sunnydale Memorial Hotel. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's so intense. And then, like, immediately after, he, like, puts back on that mayor face and that folksy charm. It, it just, he snaps right back into it. It's, um... I also like how he... But I also like that, you know, he doesn't really even care anymore. He's not even going to try to make explanations. just like, oh, we'll resume after a, after a brief intermission. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, what, he is he is one for the show. So you mentioned the, you, this pan shot. This shot lasts from when Angel brings Buffy into the hospital to when Angel uh, pulls the mayor off of Buffy. It is nearly three a three-minute-long take, um, which, as we discussed in our episode our, the, of the beginning of the season in Am, where we get a similar tracking shot through the library that lasts about the same amount of time, that's an insanely long time for a take um on on television it's that uh, is so much work so much coordination has to go into that um just for three minutes of tv um but it's beautiful it's it's, no it is always appreciated like like that that gets me like that gets my juices going when i see a good tracking shot um Mm -hmm. like they're they're a couple in game of thrones there's a really mm-hmm. good one in um, that one on the wall. There's a really good one in, in True uh, Detective. Yeah, in, Watchers uh, on the Wall. Well, I mean, that one is so that's what cool. uh, that that's one of the reasons why that was my I put that as my favorite Game of Thrones episode. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, also the uh, films of Alejandro Iñárritu, um, mm-hmm. uh, who is uh, the director of both Birdman and um, The Revenant, among other movies. Those are the first two that come to mind. Um, the Birdman's really awesome, and it is designed to be one long tracking shot, mm-hmm. um, even though it isn't, thanks to some uh, cinematic some trickery. Tricks. Yeah. Um, the Revenant is all right, um, but Birdman's really good. Uh, 1917, mm-hmm. the, directed by yeah. Sam Mendes, that came out last year, also uh, takes that style, and I'm yeah. here for it. Here really for it. Um, the episode uh, Two Storms of... Uh, uh, that's the, the title of the episode is Two Storms of the Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Is com- It's uh, comprised of... Uh, roughly six, uh, it's like an hour long, and it's roughly six, uh, one, like, singular takes. Um, and not only is it, you know, just those singular, singular takes, it also incorporates flashbacks into those, uh, those takes. Um, it's really impressive. They actually had to build their sets with that episode in mind to be able to travel from the present day through the sets into the flashbacks uh, without cutting. Um, it's a nice. really, really impressive uh, feat of filmmaking um, that also just has a, a an incredibly strong emotional core combined to it. I was stunned by that episode when I watched it for the first time. Uh, I had to actually rewatch it just to like, just to appreciate the technical Marvel of it Um and so yeah it's a it's a it's a difficult thing i don't think people understand how difficult that is to pull off um so applause to all of those examples we just gave yeah yeah it it is very much appreciated i love it um the uh the scoobies show up and uh angel explains like oh i i drink her blood and um Xander, of course, hold to him. They are, and I actually don't like this. Um, I don't like this writing because <laughs> they should know by now that Angel wouldn't have done that. Like, I agree. That was yeah. That was not something that it, he wanted. It feels like drama for drama's sake, and yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't come up later. Like the next time the Scoobies and Angel are all together, they're. You know, Angel and Xander are sniping, but Angel and Xander always snipe at each other. Like yeah. everyone's working together in their normal dynamics. It this this moment, um, you know, Willow and Oz less so. They're more just present. Um, but Giles is pretty cold to to um, to Angel. And I could maybe understand if there was something later where maybe Giles goes to Angel and is just like, you know what, I was. I was extremely concerned about Buffy and was projecting some of that onto you. So maybe something like that could have yeah. made that work, but it just it doesn't come up again. So it just feels like, yeah. why was this yeah, and here? That, and that's the um, that's the reaction that I dislike the most. I mean, like you said, uh, Willow and Oz are just there, and Xander's going to like make a comment, yeah, anytime because he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> but um, he's a Chad. Uh, but then, but yeah. Um, the fact that Giles um, says, like, oh, basically get out of the hospital. With, yeah. Like, 
without without saying it like that is um mm-hmm. i don't like that i and yeah. maybe this is me defending angel but i mean i'm not a fan of this uh no i agree with you i think there could have been drama mined from this but there isn't so it just comes off as a weird one-off moment that doesn't affect anything else um yeah it's, and... it's it really comes off as unfair to angel um yeah. because yeah they're blaming him for this it's like yeah. uh, it's uh did you miss the part and clearly you did when <laughs> buffy like punched me and then rammed my ran my mouth into her neck yeah. honestly i think this could have been better uh this would have been better if we had had it where everyone is recognizing that all everything that we're saying, but Angel is still beating himself up over it. Um, yeah. That feels truer to these characters. But hey, um, I mean, this is a yeah. We'll, it we'll is move on is. from this scene. <laughs> yeah, uh, then we've got we our eye into... on you, Joss Whedon. Then we move into um this dream that uh, Buffy's having. Yeah, and uh, whew. um, if you if you're watching this for the first time and don't completely understand what's going on that's totally cool because they're actually they're actually making some subtle references to things that have not yet passed imagine it like the the mirror of galadriel from uh from the lord of the rings Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah there are two very specific future plot points that are foreshadowed uh in this scene um and yeah and honestly i Honestly, I had to look it up on the Buffy wiki just to, like, see, why did they say that? Oh, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it now. It's pretty cool. Um, but the uh, big thing to take away from it is that uh, Faith says uh, that human weakness never fades, not even the mayor's. Um, Buffy wants to try to take care of this cat that is on um, Faith's bed, which is representation of Faith, because mm-hmm. you can, like, see like images of her flicker in over the cat and mm-hmm. and uh faith's like oh i mean aren't these things supposed to take care of themselves referencing how faith has always kind of been a lone wolf um and uh but yeah she says that she doesn't really know what to do and she's like yeah just take you can take all of this and she refers to like all the belongings that faith has packed away she's like i and she says take what you need yeah. And so that's kind of a way of of Buffy and Faith communicating over yeah. the ether. Do you, I was going to say, that was going to be the question I wanted to ask you. Do you think, I mean, we know from comments made later that this is Buffy's dream. Um, but do you think that this is, like, the Faith in her dream is the real Faith? That, and that they are communicating in some way? I think they are, it's, because we know that they have, the the dreams are part of being the Slayer. So it stands to yeah. reason that they could, uh, in like a, a supremely traumatic instance like this, find a, a way to one another, as you said, across the ether. Um, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very hard to put a finger on, um, especially because, uh, future appearances by faith um kind of muddy the waters a little bit Mm -hmm. so i'm like going to wait until 
I'm not going to make any final judgments until like I see some of those future appearances from Faith oh, cool. again. Right. Just, uh, but That's yeah, fair. I mean, at this point, it's at this point, it's nice to think that there's a little bit of forgiveness mm-hmm. and camaraderie. Yeah, Buffy gets and a, out and a little bit of clarity on Faith's side of things. Um, I think so too. Yeah, Buffy gets out of her uh, hospital bed and walks over and kisses Faith on the forehead um and then uh gets it is um and she gets dressed and finds her friends waiting out in the uh waiting out in the uh waiting room and she says all right we gotta get ready for what for war (laughs) yeah um and it it seems that during this time uh we go to the we go to the library and Buffy has basically explained her plan, not to us, but to mm-hmm. the Scoobies. Which, yeah. and since we don't know, since we don't know the details of the plan, that means it's going to work. Um, yep, <laughs> unspoken but, plan guarantee. Yep. Oh my god. Trope. At, oh, trope. 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 Uh, yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, everybody's saying it's an absolutely insane idea. But and Cordelia's like, but it's kind of the only one that we got. <laughs> oh, I love it because she says first. Cordelia says like, uh, I I personally can't think of a crazier plan. Which Oz pipes in with, we attack the mayor with hummus, and Cordelia goes, I stand corrected, and Oz just goes, just trying to keep things in perspective. And I I love when they like elaborating a little bit more on the plan, and uh, Xander says, <laughs> I'm honestly. Yeah, the Ebola, yeah. And uh, Xander says, I'm honestly more in favor of the hummus plan. And Oz says he'd never see it coming. (laughs) Never see it coming. Um, They, uh, we'll we'll come back to the Ebola in a minute because I really, it's one of my favorite bits that I want to talk about. But um, they, it turns out that uh, the uh, kind of the linchpin of this plan is the military knowledge that Xander uh, gained uh, way back in season two, Halloween. Um, and uh, it's funny because uh, Xander immediately is like, I'm very proud. I'm very like excited. I love this. And then immediately he's like, okay, and now all that's faded and I'm very scared. <laughs> and Yeah, uh, but Buffy calls him like that he's the key to the plan. And so he refers to himself as the key and uh yeah he's like the the worst character to be referred to as a key in the in the buffy series i'm sorry that's a little bit of a spoiler but you all won't get it anyway if you don't know (laughs) yeah um so all right now we're going to talk about ebola because they (laughs) they 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 want to know like oh what's the mayor's human weakness based Mm. on what uh faith said uh, Willow asks, in the dream. when did Faith tell you this? Before or after you put her in a coma? And Buffy matter-of-factly states, after. And Willow goes, oh. Like, <laughs> really so unprepared ask, uh, for that response. And so they ask Angel, uh, who now is, I guess, is it's okay for to have him around again? Right. Um, all right, sorry. We're leaving that behind. Leaving that behind. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, um, at first Angel said, they ask Angel, like, oh, you spent the most time with him back when he was pretending to have lost his soul. What is he, like, what are his weaknesses? And first he mentions germs. 
which then leads to Cordelia Cordelia's plan. coming up with like at least she's contributing some some ideas. She All is. Right. It, it reminds me almost of uh you know in the uh, the Emperor's New Groove when Isma's like. I'll turn him into a flea, and then I'll put that flea into a box, and then I'll mail that box to myself, and then I'll smash it with a hammer! <laughs> um, her, <laughs> her initial plan is uh, we'll get a box full of Ebola, and then chase him. And they're all like, um, with the box. excuse me? And then she says, okay, it doesn't even have to be real. We could just get a box that says Ebola on it. <laughs> and, um and and i think that's when xander quips that he prefers the hummus plan yeah um but then um angel realizes that the mayor's seeing as how insane the, with grief the mayor got with uh mm-hmm. at the hospital he realized oh it's faith and um buffy realizes okay i can i think i can work with that and at this point yeah. uh wesley shows up and um buffy's like oh watcher's council isn't welcome and he says like well you know what i just want to help so that and that's good um yeah he uh, cordelia's like that is so classy of him (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um buffy says that uh all right, lots of stuff to do and she has to go get something i wonder what she needs to go get Uh, we get a great cut here as she's starting to detail what she needs uh, her group to do. And it cuts mid-sentence to the mayor uh, doing the same thing to, to his crew. Um, and, uh, we and we get some nice little, uh, we get some nice little, uh, again, little cameos from Buffy's uh, classmates. Mm-hmm. Um, Willow goes to Percy. Uh, Xander drags Harmony away from the Cordettes. <laughs> and uh, I guess they're the Harmonettes now. I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, I think it's later that uh, we see Jonathan and Larry working together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at this, yeah. And so it's basically going back and forth between um, Buffy explaining her plan and the mayor explaining his plan. Um, mm-hmm. So there is going to be an eclipse. Uh, this means that uh, the mayor's army of vampires will be able to um, stop people from running away once the ascension yep. happens. But they're not going to be feeding, they're going to be killing. Uh, because the it's very important for the mayor to eat a lot of people when it first happens. Yep. Um, and um, while that's not great, it is still works in... Uh, it is slightly good news for our heroes because this eclipse also bring puts Angel back in the game. Um, which is, uh, good for them. Um, it's actually a cool thought, like, uh, and, and something we don't get really get to see moving forward because of course Angel spins off. Um, but, and, uh, this idea that, you know, this apocalypse, this thing, they have to stop happening in the middle of the day outside. So that just, that's one of their team members down for the count cannot participate. Um, so I like I like the way that they kind of uh, e- explore that a bit here. Um, it's it's pretty cool. Um, so 
And then we is get this the, scene. I was say, with, is there anything uh, else before we go on to Cordelia and Wesley? <laughs> I mean, Buffy says uh, for Angel and Xander to work together to uh, make a bomb, which uh, Giles is going to be the one to detonate. And um, mm-hmm. of course, like Angel and Xander aren't too happy about that, but uh, yep. you know they do it anyway. They- they snipe at each. I do like this bit where they both they both kind of snipe at each other, and Buffy's just like, "Will you both shut the fuck up and just work together?" Yeah. Jesus Christ! Like, yeah, we've got like a we've got a fucking war to plan. <laughs> I do wish I will say I think this. Uh, it, it's a little unbalanced sometimes. I think we're supposed to think that Xander and Angel always are sniping at one another, and it really is kind of one sided for the most part. Uh, coming from Xander, I actually do wish we had seen more of a. Not necessarily an equal rival rivalry, but I wish we'd seen Angel give a little more back. I do um, love the I do the love show. the moments that he does give. Probably one of the best ones being when he's pretending not when to have a soul him. and then just <laughs> clocks Xander right in the face. Like never could stand that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So now we have. I mean, if you guys have been waiting for this Cordelia and Wesley scene. All power to you, but, uh, yeah, they basically have just said, oh, I have these feelings for you. British stuff, British stuff, British stuff. And then they kiss, and they, they, uh, break apart, and then they try kissing again, and then they realize, oh, yeah, it's not gonna work. And, uh, Cordelia's like, oh, yeah, let's get back to this. And, And Wesley's like, British stuff, British stuff, British stuff. This is the worst kiss I've ever seen, like, put to screen. Like, in the best yeah. way. It's so uncomfortable. They, like, Charisma and Alexis play this so well. Like, they, their mouths don't quite meet in the right places. And they're both doing weird things with their hands. And, like, they're, like... And then, like, I love after... I think it's after the second one when they like charisma just wipes her lips like yeah it is i actually noticed that too i'm like god i hope she doesn't do that after every kiss that she that she has so funny we have spent the last what eight or so episodes kind of building up this attraction between this two for it to just immediately get torpedoed in their in the, the first kiss which in all fairness is totally a joss whedon thing to do like oh absolutely it's, it's a great yeah subversion. it's like it you know what nothing's ever gonna go the way you think it is i um, love it so much i love when after the second kiss where uh he's like uh wesley just goes uh well when i uh, go back to england perhaps i'll drop you a line and cordelia's just like that'd be neat <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they um, just get back to what they were doing it's it's so and, fucking funny yeah and uh and Oz and Willow are uh, tasking Jonathan and Larry uh, with uh, getting stuff to the um, to the library. And uh, it's a fuck like, ton of right. fertilizer. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "All right, when you're done with that, just go ahead and have fun." And uh, it's graduation. And uh, when they leave, then we get a passionate kiss because Willow's mm-hmm. like, "How much longer till graduation?" And Oz's like, "A while." Well, to the we point got that time, girl. Yeah, to the point where they're actually late for graduation. Mm-hmm. Um and and kind of like the one last scene with um Angel and Buffy, Angel saying that uh yeah, he's not going to say goodbye. And I mean, he kn- and Buffy isn't a huge fan of it. Um, yeah. But I think she's still like 
I think she's more focused on, you know what? I got shit to do. And fortunately, she still has Faith's yeah. life. Which is, um, and you know, it's kind of interesting to see, and I think it, I think this is a good part because we are ready for Angel to go on his own thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you would think that something as big as, you know, Angel leaving Buffy supposedly forever um, would be huge given like everything that happened in season two. Uh, but they've done a good job of basically, especially over the last couple of episodes, uh, explaining why they have to be apart. Yeah. And I think we're all just kind of at the point where we're ready to accept it. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think so. I think, um, uh, you know, I'm going to keep my actual thoughts to myself for now. Uh, but we are going to do, Jason and I discussed earlier, we're going to do a special episode uh, in our break between seasons where we're going to talk um, a little more spoilery things about certain opinions we have. And I, I do have some specific thoughts about um, about Buffy and Angel's relationship and uh, my feelings on it and my feelings on how the characters develop away from one another. Um, so look forward to that. But you guys, guess what? It's graduation time. Yeah, it is. Oh my God. uh, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. um, God. So of course, (laughs) Snyder opens it up and says, as I'd like to congratulate the class of 1999 on being adequate. Yeah. You all (laughs) proved more or less adequate. Then he yells at some kid for chewing gum. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and then like as he's introducing the mayor he's he notices like he's like i saw that see me after graduation <laughs> uh never change i'm gonna Principal miss Snyder. that man never change i am gonna miss that man <laughs> yes so much i understand that this is uh spoilers for the next couple minutes but uh i understand why this was the natural time for principal snyder to leave the series of course and uh, he does so in such spectacular fashion, <laughs> but oh god, he is missed. He like Armin Shimmerman's uh just performance in this is just spectacular. He is and, he is that guy that you love to hate. Oh, he's so good. And I think um, I'm gonna. I feel like I saw an interview with him where he talks about. I'm gonna double check this timeline. Um. Uh, yeah. Deep Space Nine also ended in 99. So there is a, um, there's some interview where he talks about basically he lost both of his jobs around the same time <laughs> where he got killed off of Buffy and Deep Space Nine came to an end. Uh, uh, pour one out for Mr. Shimerman. Yeah. Here's uh, to, here's to you calling out teenagers for always driving like a spaz. <laughs> or having drugs instead of lunch. <laughs> Or just dealing drugs like a normal person. Uh, or yelling at a... Summers you, summers, you drive like a spaz. I, that line is so funny, but I actually do think his last line of yelling at the mayor, like, this is unacceptable. I will have order. Like, Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. I love uh, but it. But before all of that happens, <laughs> the mayor starts his speech. And um, as you mentioned, Willow and Oz show up. They're late, but everyone else is there. I do want to say, I need to express some feelings I have. It's not important, but it just drives me nuts. 
about the seating arrangements at this graduation. Because... How they're not okay. seated in alphabetical order? Yes! Okay, so Willow and Buffy are sitting next to each other. Okay, Rosenberg, Summers. I, it, I'm i stretching belief that there's no one between the two, but at least they're in the right order, and it's a small school. Fine. But behind them, directly behind them, is Harmony Kendall... And then further back is Cordelia Chase and Xander Harris sitting right next to each other. Yeah, it pretty much just becomes like a free-for-all. And I get, Uh, like, it doesn't matter. I understand this. But I'm just like, that is not, that's not, that's not orderly. That is not (laughs) organized. It's fine. It's whatever. (laughs) But um, (laughs) it drives me fucking nuts. But uh, then there's a really great moment where uh, while the mayor is starting his commencement address, which he said to the vampires before he's been working on for a hundred years, mm-hmm. uh, Buffy's like, oh, God, he's not actually going to go through the whole speech, is he? <laughs> and Willow says, just ascend already. <laughs> Buffy says, evil. <laughs> I, I love that moment. But I also, um, oh, gosh, I was hoping that the wiki would have some of his speech on here, but it doesn't. But I do want to actually just talk about his speech really well uh, for a moment, because what we hear of it actually is is really great thematically, um, because it is basically all about, you know, moving on to the next step of your life, ascending, if you will, which, of course, there's there's layers to that for him as his character, but it also reflects what our characters are going through, that they are moving on to the next stage of their life. Uh, and for the show itself, that you know, we've talked yeah, about this is the end of what I would call Act One of Buffy. Um, yeah, and it's it's always important to remember that all the supernatural and action stuff is there, mm-hmm. but Buffy is at its core a coming of age story. Yes, and yeah, um, it's actually it's actually funny because I was reading um, today an article that Time posted about the top ten coming of age TV series of all time. Buffy was number two. What was number one? Friday Night Lights, which um, I, I love I Buffy, figured. you guys, but I uh, I, I kind of agree with that. Watch Friday Night Lights. It's about football, but it's also but it's not a coming about of age football. story. I mean, in, yes, I, and I, I haven't watched Friday Night well Lights. I haven't watched it to be fair, but I yeah, I've always gotten that impression that like Buffy is a show. It is a fantasy superhero show about vampires but it's not it's a coming-of-age story whereas friday night lights for everything i've understood is it's not a football show it's it's a coming-of-age story using football as its framework um and it is a show i definitely want to watch um so also it has one of um as i like mentioned in my little blog post that i made uh about a month ago it has um probably one of my favorite series finales of all time um it's just got an amazing last episode. Uh, but yeah, this is not Friday Night Lights podcast. No. Um, um, unfortunately. I am curious, Jason, w- without getting into, just real quick, without getting into some spoilers. Um, I, I'm just curious if you would agree with me, because I think we both agree that this is, if we're going by a three-act structure, that this is the end of Act 1. Um Yes. I feel like my opinion of where Act 2 ends is actually different for most people's. And I would just like to get you very quickly uh, your thoughts on this. Most people, I think, would put the end of Act 2 as the season 5 finale. 
Um, That's what I was thinking. But I actually place it um, in uh, about two-thirds of the way through uh, season five uh, after The Body, as where act two of Buffy ends. That is a um, that is a very like uh, that is a very eventful episode to say the least. Um, yeah, I, I I I go for five immediately. The end of five immediately because of um, one, it's a cleaner, it's a cleaner mm-hmm. indication of where the uh, of where the act two ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, an act three. I've always considered season six to kind of be that point because um, characters have to learn to do adult things in that. And that's a huge part of season six and eventually season seven. So um, it it is like for me pretty much solidifying into your adult role. Yeah, I guess for me, I think of it in that where I place it uh, is for that's because that's where the next stage of Buffy's life begins. Um, yes, it's true. And maybe for the rest of the characters, they don't catch up necessarily until the beginning of, like, between six and five and six. You could say that um, the body is, like, the end of act two, and then there's, like, a little bit of, like, in a denouement. Oh, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I agree with that. consider that the rest of season five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway maybe we shouldn't we, go yeah, into we're too much about more. this um, <laughs> we're getting but, way uh, out of ourselves yeah um oh. so then uh but then guys um the mayor doesn't get through his speech he had a whole uh, section on civic pride <laughs> yeah he had a lot of cue cards left so holy crap dude but i then... my brother graduated from high school last year and i remember we were at his graduation and i was just like i was like oh my god i forgot how fucking boring these things are <laughs> like it's exciting i think when you're the one graduating like that i like i think it's a little more fun but as a spectator to a graduation uh sucks Except, I, but, um, unless it's this one, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it kind of sucks to be a spectator at this one as well. True. Um, but the, uh, but yeah, so guys, the ascension finally happens. All the stuff that we've been building up for, like, we've never really known. All we've known is that the mayor's going to turn into a demon, and it's going to be big. We didn't realize it was going to be a 60-foot snake demon. Uh-huh. So I will um, say, but yeah, that's what happens. As dodgy as the CGI is, and it is, like it's 1999, we're not gonna. There's no getting around it. The CGI sucks, but yeah, I think the design of this demon, I love it. I think like it's I, really cool. It's really um, cool. Yeah, compared to like every every villain, like from here, like up to here, and I'd even say after here. Like the mayor's mm-hmm. design is ve- and like the mayor's demon design is very unique, and um, yeah. it's kind of one of the few times when Buffy like has to fight a giant friggin' monster. Like a lot yeah. of the times, a lot of these fight scenes that she has are with things that are at least in the realm of her height. But yeah, uh, yeah. But then this, so um, yeah, the the parents and teachers like scatter, 
And um, this is the uh, and this is the moment. Mm-hmm. This is the other moment I mentioned. I always remember two moments from this episode. One is the scene in the hospital, yeah. and then the other one is when Buffy says, "Now," and not just Buffy, not just the Scoobies, but the entire Sunnydale class of 1999 yes! rips off their robes, and they have weapons and crosses, and they are ready to fight. Dude, this is oh my god, that is punch your fist fucking in the air. Great. And it's so Ugh. it's 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 okay. So I think when I first watched this, I think my jaw hit the fucking floor when this happened. Like, no, because you're not expecting it. But it's earned. Like it, you're. Yes. It's both shocking, but also like when you take a second and think about it. And I think it is that moment in the prom that it was really setting this up. Um, so good storytelling there. It like could, incredibly lovely, but also. Also, you can argue that it was also set up in earshot. Like this kind of makes up yeah. a trilogy of episodes. And I didn't, and I did, and I kept saying like, "Oh, it's these two episodes, uh, Earshot and the Prom." <laughs> that, um, and I purposefully left out this episode because yeah. I didn't want to spoil it. Um, but yeah, like this is a nice little trilogy of episodes that, like, are just really great representation of the sun of the Sunnydale High School class. Uh-huh. Like, it's so and, yeah, fucking the badass. That, yeah, the fact that like you've had these three seasons of them being somewhat apathetic to demon problems, and now here they are, ready to take arms against a sea of demons. Mm-hmm. And I also just want to say, now more than ever, how much this resonates. This um, this group of young people working together to fight back against politicians against uh, uh pe- people in power who go- don't give a fucking shit about them who see them as and against and yeah tools. against the demon against the demons of racism and apathy and yeah yeah this is honestly this i feel like this is this moment of the of these kids fighting back against their evil mayor hey <laughs> living in louisville right now that feels really relevant <laughs> Um, and you know what? Like, the ma- turns great. out the mayor. Yeah, it turns out the mayor didn't need to tell them about civic pride because they they're already fucking had their it. city. Yeah. yeah. Uh it's just it's just it, like it it's it's a moment where I I don't even have all the words to say how I feel about this because it's it's shocking. It's badass. It's I like it brings a tear to my eye. Like I literally as I was yeah. watching it earlier, I actually started tearing up. Because, you know, yes, this is fantasy. This is all this, but it's also real. These are, you know, we are fighting against these sort of evils in our lives. And more often, we need to be looking towards the young people because it's them. It's us. I mean, we're young people. Um, we're Because we're the ones fighting for a better future because it's our future. Yeah. So. And also, hmm. it's like. We are further and further away from the time that so many people um, in the uh, ba- like in the baby boomer generation consider to be the golden age of America, like post World War II, mm-hmm. and um, they see all the good things that happened to all of the white people, mm-hmm. and um, refuse to acknowledge all of the horrible things that were going on. Yeah, and 
yeah it it and it's taken a couple of generations but now like uh millennials and gen zers like i mean for all the crap that uh older generations give them at the same time they're they're further away from all of that racist garbage and when they see it persisting in this world Mm -hmm. in this time they're standing up to it yeah so yeah oh wow okay all right so we've got a lot to break down here (laughs) we've got a lot to break down here um the students start uh attacking the mayor with flamethrowers mm-hmm. and love to see an it. army of yeah an army of vampires led by or that were serving the mayor have come up to attack the students but uh then the students turn around and start shooting flaming arrows mm-hmm. um at the vampires and um principal snyder as mentioned before Gets he eaten. yells yeah, he <laughs> yells at the snake demon, but then his his work is his uh, his debt is repaid, mm-hmm. um, or the debt that Sunnydale owes him is repaid, and he's eaten. He's eaten just um, like Principal Flutie. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, some students are uh, some students are a little afraid. Who can blame them? Yeah. So they run into the mayor's vampires, um, but then. Uh, with the flaming arrows coming at the vampires, the vampires start going back, and then they see another group of people that are led by Angel and Wesley. And uh, <laughs> so they go and start fighting the vampires as well. So what I really, really love about this, I really, I really love Wesley at Angel's side. Love to see it. What I also love is that realistically... Who knows? We might get more of it. Uh, <laughs> Pretty realistically, Wesley goes down almost immediately. (laughs) He survives. He is alive. But he does not... He doesn't actually last long into the fight. But I applaud his courage, uh, if not his effectiveness. (laughs) Unfortunately, there are are some students who don't survive. Um, R.I.P. Larry. uh, the, The mayor does eat a few students... Larry is killed. Um, he gets hit by uh, the snake's tail, um, and uh, Harmony, like when um, some of the students are falling back and they are like running down the stairs, Harmony does get grabbed and is bitten by a vampire. Um, R.I.P. But uh, you know what? Big moment here. After three seasons. Cordy gets the steak of vampire. It's so fucking satisfying. And no, it's... like I, I remember when I saw her do it. I'm like, is that, is that the first time mm-hmm. she staked a vampire? Looked it up on the Buffy wiki. Sure enough, it, it is. is. And it was not in the episode originally. It was not scripted. That is Charisma Carpenter basically went to them and said, "I'm gonna stake a fucking vampire," and like basically told, like was like, "It's ridiculous that I haven't, like." I've been you didn't let me be Buffy. So. Yeah. Um, she's I uh, I think Cordelia was push or not Cordelia Charisma was pushing back a little bit on some of Cordelia's characterization as, um, uh, and basically was just like I've been on the Hellmouth for three years fighting this stuff. Cordelia is not a fucking idiot. Let me kill a goddamn vampire, and they did, and it's a fucking great moment. I love it so much. Yep. Um. um. And then uh, Buffy uh, gets the demon's attention and 
holds up Faith's knife, which apparently is still covered in her blood. Yep. She's like, come on after me, dick. Dick. And I love that's it. A, that's a nice double way of like, obviously the mayor's name is Richard, but also he's kind of a dick. I really appreciate the very consonant K that uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar has. Because she doesn't just go like, dick. she doesn't just say dick. <laughs> yeah, she really goes dick. Like I, oh, that it's it's beautiful, and and then you have this um, then you have this really good chase, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, like again, the CGI and stuff is a little spotty. It is, but but it's actually kind of cool seeing like these halls that we've been watching for three years get plowed down, mm-hmm. and then Buffy uh makes her way to the library, of course, and. Uh, because that's where it all happens. It's the room where it happens. <laughs> and uh, and so the demon goes in there just as Buffy is getting out of a window and sees that it is full of explosives. And the mayor the mayor comes out of the, like, we get one last line from the mayor. Well, gosh. He's still in, he is still in snake form, but he says, well, gosh. And Giles detonates the bomb and the the school, not just the library, not just the mayor, the whole school is blown the fuck up. Okay, so bye bye Sunnydale High. The mayor going, well, gosh, is so fucking silly. It, but it's it so great. Like, I, I it's th- on brand for it's him. So on brand, and I do think the well, gosh, is a point of contention from some fans. Um, I but to me, my thought is like, but what what would you? Do you just want him to not say anything? Do you want him to just go out like, like that? Well, gosh, is to me perfect because just because oh, he's no. become Obelkhan the demon, he's still Richard Wilkins the third, and yeah, he still has say, his well, human gosh. weaknesses. Um, and I honestly think it one, it's a good send off. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, when you think about it, like the mayor being a being an immortal demon who wishes to turn into like an actual demon. Um, on graduation day, that whole plot is silly. It is. But we've <laughs> yeah. been we've been riding this train all season, and that this is not going to ruin it for yeah. me. I think it's perfect. Um, now about this explosion, um, I read a uh, production note um, on I the, read this a behind one the too. scenes note. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to read it now. Go for it. It's um, wonderful. According to according to our girl Marty Knoxon in the DVD commentaries, Marty, the explosion scene was filmed at 5 a.m. in Torrance, California, where the outdoor scenes had been filmed for the previous three years. So this is three years of filming Buffy. The explosion was so huge, it woke up many of the residents, broke windows, and set off car alarms. As a result, the town of Torrance, California, refused to allow Buffy to film there ever again. I can't blame them, honestly. Yeah, like... no. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, oh I love God. this, but I am on Torrance's side. Um, I, and I'm curious what, uh, which commentary this is from. Because there is no, on the DVD, there is no commentary for this episode. Um, so it must be from a future episode where she's talking about it, like, as an aside. Yeah. Um, but so I'm it ex- could be like a, an early season four episode. Since, Maybe uh, they had to have changed shooting locations. Uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, guys, that's um, 
there uh, we're not done with the episode yet but i'm just saying like that's kind of like that that whole scene that's what we've been building up to and man oh man this this episode has a few questionable moments but holy crap that mm-hmm. was awesome yeah like and i what loved a, it i feel like too just like as i mentioned i watched the show for the first time during the summer after i graduated high school and what a and listen, I am not saying blow up your high school. Do not blow up your high school. Um, but there is a certain amount of catharsis here of like <laughs> getting to the end of, uh, you know, as Oz comments on later, like getting to the end of high school. It, it does feel like a war sometimes because high know, school can be hell. Yeah. Quite literally in Sunnydale. <laughs> yeah, it's. You know, I I look back on my high school years pretty fondly. I had a good time in high school, but I also think about like all the fucking hormones. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> like you know, some of it sucked, and it it feels like every day was a battle. And so I I there's a certain catharsis factor here of winning that battle. Um, that is high school. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So we're uh, we're in the aftermath. Uh, Wesley is being taken away in an ambulance. He's, He's like, "Can he, I have an aspirin? Can I have?" Yeah, he, he wants something for his out? pain. <laughs> um, and Giles uh, congratulates Buffy, and uh, he says, "I was able to pull this out of the rub- out of the rubble, and it is a diploma." And um, yeah, it's Wonderful. a. Uh, I mean, God, just do we need to say anything else about another great moment from Mister Giles? Um, and yeah, like, and it's, it, it may seem a little cheesy, but at the same time, it's also an important moment because it's mm-hmm. like, Hey, Buffy earned this and, um, who better to give it to her than mm-hmm. the one, than, than like the main adult character besides Joyce who wanted her to get through high school. Yeah. I, no, I think you hit the nail on the head where you said it may be silly and yeah, it is a little silly, but, but it's earned. These moments have been earned. Um, by, you know, Buffy earned them, but also the show earned them. Um, yeah. And I love, uh, you know, I love these wins we're seeing Buffy get after all of the hardship she has endured, not just endured, but come out stronger. Yeah. You know, um, so, and I also love the fact that she can take a moment to just go, you know what? I'm going to detach for a minute. I'm going to say fire bad, tree pretty. Like, I'm gonna. But she has to. Uh, she has to reattach because yeah. when Giles leaves, then uh, she looks into the distance and sees Angel, and they just have like a little brief moment, and then Angel turns around and disappears like he's in Field of Dreams. <laughs> uh he. And that is uh, that is Angel's last regular series regular appearance mm-hmm. on buffy the vampire slayer yes uh he uh to quote uh to quote abed he sp- he uh he spins off <laughs> uh buffy then uh meets up with all the scoobies and uh yeah like you said um oz said like oh guys let's take a moment we survived and buffy's like yep yeah, hell of a battle i was like no survived high school and then they're like, oh, you know what? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And uh, taking a moment. Moment's over. Moment's done. And I like how they're walking away. Like, 
audio fades, but you can hear Willow saying, I don't even know yeah. why demons come to Sunnydale anymore. <laughs> it's a, I, I do really like that line. Um, and we get just, as they're walking away and it's fading out, we just pan down to a copy of a charred yearbook uh, of Sunnydale, 1999, and it says, the future is ours. And that's it. That is that is the end of season three. And I, I, I will say, you know, I'm glad the show did not end here um, because there's so much good still to come. But if it had, I think this would have actually been a really wonderful ending for the show. Uh, if Yeah, and I honestly kind of wonder if... Um... I mean, obviously, Buffy was probably at its most popular at this time, and uh, mm -hmm. especially with the uh, with the Angel spinoff happening as well. Mm -hmm. um, but the uh, but I mean, you kind of have to wonder if, like, maybe they were a little worried that the uh, this show wouldn't continue, so they kind of built in a uh, possible finale, series finale, into it. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's the case, but... I do... I, I would be willing to bet, um, because there are certain finales that work really well as series finales. I think the season one would work as a series finale. Season three, obviously. Um, and I think uh, season, season five, five, obviously. Um, obviously to people who have seen it, and not obviously for people who haven't. Um, I, I... Yeah, I don't think... I would be willing to bet they probably weren't in danger of cancellation at this point. But um, I do also know that Joss Whedon was very particular about having um, uh, a plan for the series years in advance. Where I, I would be willing to bet he planted certain end spots periodically throughout that plan. Or whatever that hey, outline like, was. I mean, just in case. I mean, when you... And yeah, and you look at like his series afterwards that uh, didn't exactly survive too long. Um, yeah, you can't understand why he would do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is um, yeah, that's it, guys. That's season three of Buffy. Oh, wow. This. Yeah. So we talked. I think this came up last week. That. Um, we were kind of, you, I think you mentioned, you were kind of comparing this to Becoming in certain ways. And they're both just truly incredible finales, I think, but they're also so different. Um, yeah. And in really good ways, you know, uh, Becoming is, I think, more intimate, more obviously heartbreaking. It's a very personal, yeah, it's a very personal battle, mm -hmm. um, especially for Buffy. Um, whereas this, it, it feels... It feels like um, it's epic. Yeah, like you said, where that's int yeah, it's intimate versus epic. Yeah, and both pulled off extremely well, I mm -hmm. I think. Um, and, and and I also think I think the season two finale um, is meant to end that very specific arc of Angelus, whereas this finale not only has to end this arc of the mayor and faith, uh, but also the arc of senior year, and but also on a more macro level, the arc of high school. High school. And um, so I, I honestly think this is... I, I, I do think Becoming is better, but I think 
graduation day is was probably the trickier one to pull off to pull all of those it threads together more, yeah it had a lot more writing on it um plot wise mm-hmm. yeah but yeah you know what i am going to give this a 4.5 out of 5 charred yearbooks mm-hmm. uh i am going to give this uh 4.5 out of 5 uh angry torrents californians <laughs> Torrentians, Torrentians, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, uh, Booze and Buffy listeners, please reach out to us on your thoughts of uh, this episode, this finale, this season, or this era of Buffy. Um, I, as we move forward into the post high school years, I feel like we're gonna have um, we're gonna be having very different discussions than we've had. Yep. In this in this time period. I mean, yeah, because like this is very much about being a teenager, dealing mm-hmm. with hormones and uh like just dealing with adolescence, whereas um later seasons are gonna focus a little more on the end of adolescence and actual adult responsibilities that you have that you are saddled with. Yeah. Um so yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have like more discussions about that, but hey, we're still gonna we're still gonna talk about sex and stuff too. Oh yeah, always. Um, uh, Angel's getting his whole own ass show, which is so many more opportunities for him to take his shirt off. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, you were like making a face, and it. And uh, it, my phone stopped to buffer and while you had that face and you were stuck like this, like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wish um, I could have screenshot that. <laughs> uh, any uh, any final final thoughts on 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 this? I've got plenty of thoughts, but I'm gonna save them for our next episode, which will be our uh, mm-hmm. season three wrap up episode. I think uh, I I agree with you on that uh, course of action. So uh, with that being said, thank you, uh, dear listeners, constant listeners, uh, beautiful listeners, sexy listeners, uh, for joining us on Booze and Buffy. Um, As we always do, we are going to take a bit of a break uh, to recharge our batteries between seasons. Um, So our next regular episode will be on October 22nd with the season four premiere of, uh, uh, entitled The Freshman. Um, but Do some you... crazy. Do some crazy. <laughs> um, but next week you will get a mini episode, like we did at the end of last season, uh, recapping our feelings for season three as a whole. And who knows, there might be a couple other little bonuses that you get in the meantime. Um, I do want to just uh, let you all know as listeners, um... There will be a couple uh, slight shakeups to our format for next year. Uh, we are going to be, after some discussion, we decided we are going to be um, incorporating Angel into the podcast. So we're going to be alternating uh, Buffy and Angel episodes every week. And um, we also, next uh, for next season, we're going to finish out this season. But for next season, um, we're, we're going to be moving away from the uh, spoiler corner videos um just not going to be doing those anymore but um yeah 
uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more about future plans in next mm-hmm. week's episode. Um, but until then, uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at plainoldyamij. Mm-hmm. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Uh, if you want to hear my thoughts on horror movies, you can follow my blog, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com, in which I cover a different horror movie every week. Uh, this week, I am covering uh, David Lynch's Eraserhead, which I had never seen before until about an hour before we recorded this episode. And that oh boy. was an experience. Uh, I, I actually am not As sure what I'm going to write Lynch about it yet. Is. <laughs> Um, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. In all of those instances, the and is spelled out A-N-D. You can also find us, at least for now, on YouTube, <laughs> where we will be releasing a short video with each episode to the end of Season 3, uh, where we will discuss spoilers that we can't talk about on the podcast. Also, please, uh, please subscribe and rate and review us on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast um those ratings those reviews are really helpful to help us find uh more listeners so and we want uh our community of boozers and buffiers to grow also like i mean you know how typically your parents will support you in any way that they can well my parents don't listen to podcasts so my mom doesn't support my mom can't support this podcast because she doesn't listen to podcasts. So you guys have to like make up for the fact that my mom can't do that. Mm-hmm. So I love my mom. My mom's a sweet person, uh, but she just is not a podcast listener. So you guys need to subscribe. Mm-hmm. Subscribe. Yeah, for, my mom doesn't subscribe listen Subscribe for those who can't. <laughs> my mom, uh, every time I mention the podcast, my mom literally goes, wait, what's a podcast? <laughs> And then my, one like, of my brothers I, goes, oh, yeah, I forgot you had a podcast. I'm like, fuck all y'all. <laughs> I've, uh, I've mentioned, I, I actually mentioned that, like, uh, I've brought up my mom a couple times on this podcast to my mom. And she's like, what are you saying about me? I'm like, I say that you're wonderful, mom. You know if you listen. <laughs> <laughs> Donna, if you're all listening. Right. Oh, you remembered her name. I did. Like, I don't think I don't think you'll ever forget it after that night. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me clarify that story. Let me clarify that statement. There yeah, was that was one that's night. That's a weirdly vague yeah. way to end that. There was there was one night when um, Harrison, a group of friends of ours, and myself were hanging out. They legit spent an hour trying to figure out my mom's name. Even knowing the first letter of her name still took them like. 15 to 20 minutes to figure it out and now that they have they at least harrison will never forget we'll never forget all right each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. this week we're highlighting the california fire foundation the california fire foundation provides emotional and financial assistance to families of fallen firefighters firefighters and the communities they protect Formed in 1987 by California professional firefighters, the California Fire Foundation's mandate includes an array of survivor and victim assistance projects and community initiatives. 
The foundation supplies emergency support to departments and families of firefighters killed in the line of duty, as well as providing educational assistance to the children of fallen firefighters. Visit www.cafirefoundation.org for more information. That had so many F's in it. (laughs) You did admirably. Thank you. All right. Well, um, goodbye high school listeners. We'll see you in college. But until then, go slay. And be gay. That's what college is for. Bye. Oh, yeah. Bye. (laughs)